and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to Our Friendly World. Better, Stronger, Together. Recording from the depths of Nywad, Colorado. Why you say depths like that? I'm trying to be dramatic. <laughs> no, I'm actually channeling. That was like felt like the beginning of Scott Pilgrim. I was going for that voice. Oh, depths yeah. of Toronto, Canada. I want my hair to be like what? What's the girl's name? The the lead girl, Ramona Flowers. I want to have Ramona Flowers hair. What green? Now that my hair is short. Blue, yes. red. Orange. Yeah. Actually, it was blue and green. I change my hair like every two weeks, dude. Get used to it. So pretty. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our friendly world. This is Fawn. And this is Matt. But today, I wanted to talk about something that is obviously very much like our thing. I'm very emotional. You're very logical. And yeah, we do switch back and forth sometimes. I'm just wild and emotional, passionate, right? I tend to go with my gut feelings. True. And you tend to see everything like seven steps ahead, 10 well, steps ahead. For example, the first car I bought was completely logical purchase. There was absolutely no emotion connected to it. It just fit all the parameters that I wanted for my first car. You didn't have any emotion to it? Like, oh, yay, I want this color. Nope. That was your second car. Yes. Right. Okay. Recognize. And this is something you always, actually, you're the first person in my life that actually said this. I don't remember what we were talking about, but you said that's logic versus emotion and um, the emotion will always win. I think we were talking about a friend of ours. Something was happening. I don't remember what it was. It was a long, long time ago. And you said that person has no chance because they're going against emotion. And right. it took me a long time to figure it out, but I... I can tell you, I had two instances where I experienced it and I, I immediately was able to understand that in the heat of emotion and get myself to a state where I could be a little bit more logical. So anyway, can I just tell you two stories? Well, can we actually describe what the show's about today? Logic versus emotion. Okay. Within our friendships, within our society. Within Perfect. Okay. Living. Yes. Now feel free. Thanks, honey. Anywho, so I have two martial arts related stories. The first one, I just for some reason want to share. The second one is all about emotion versus logic within the martial arts, which is where I learned it from. Okay, one day I was sparring with this girl that I really, and I say girl, she was... Okay, this this woman. I was sparring with this woman I couldn't stand. There was something about her um, that really brought rage in me. Like rage where if I had to be near her and touch her, like touch her skin for some reason, it it really angered me because of just the way she would react to me being near her. Or I really to this day don't know what it was. But it was very, it was a creepy feeling. Like it was, I didn't, I I really didn't like myself for 
having these emotions about another human being. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day we were sparring and it was getting faster and faster. And then all of a sudden I was really about to knock her out. And this is just sparring. It wasn't like the world championship. We were like going for some so you were metal. Just, you were just practicing. It was just a class and you were just practicing. Yeah, our okay. normal routines. But I was paired up with her and she was, there was something very weak about her, but in her weakness, there was strength that was very creepy. And <laughs> as we were going and going and going, all of a sudden the building of that emotion within me was really getting loud. Right. And I could sense that I could have totally knocked her out. And that's not what we were there for. Not to knock out, but just to practice, right? Right. I was going to knock her out. And it was a feeling I hadn't felt since kindergarten with a pencil. Oh, dear. Okay. I don't want to talk about it. So (laughs) I stopped myself. Right. I took off my gloves and just sat to the side of and I, I was about to start crying okay. because I didn't want to feel that. I didn't want to feel that way about another human being. I didn't want to hurt anybody. I couldn't believe that I was feeling that way. Right. And so that's when, you know, back then he was one of my favorite martial arts teachers. He was like world champion. He was amazing. He noticed what was happening. He came and sat next to me. I was like, what's wrong? And I told him what was going on. And I imagined that he would start scolding me, like, what a terrible human being I am, Mm -hmm. you know, for feeling that way. Right. And he did something that totally healed me in so many ways in just a few seconds. He said, it's okay. He told me that I was loved. It's okay. Those emotions are okay. That's what we're here for. That's what he said. He said, that's what we're here for. We're here to train it out. And when he did that, I, he gave me so much humanity. He gave me like, he took away this poison that I felt about myself mm-hmm. for feeling so wrong about having this inside of me. And the, the fact that I, I showed him something so terribly ugly about myself and he still showed me love and he said, that's okay. That's what we're here for. So anyway, I wanted to share that one story first because that's what I believe this podcast is here for. That's why I want to have all kinds of conversations, honey. That's why, like before we started this recording, you made me stop the recording because we were being a little bit what you perceived as being insensitive about certain things that may upset people. And it's not where our heart was because we love everybody. Right. But it could be perceived as, you know, we win the, what do you call it? We, we don't, we lose the sound bite. We fail or, the sound bite test. Yeah. Basically making it sound like we're awful people. But anyway, I wanted to just say that it's so important to talk about everything and to see all kinds of ugly and just work it out because otherwise it just builds and builds and then your perception of what it is changes and changes by it it gets worse it's like a disease that just gets worse because you're not paying attention to it you're not hearing it you're not 
giving it attention. Mm-hmm. And if something doesn't get attention, much like, you know, a toddler that needs to express something, if you don't pay attention, it just gets louder and worse and there's a huge tantrum. Right. And that that is what happens all across the board in our culture and our society. We need to listen to everything, even the even the things we don't want to look at, right? True. And that's why I want to talk about everything. But I do agree with you that right now things are so heightened that there's so much that everyone is dealing with that it's hard to hear properly. Because once you hear something, you hear it with your own previous history, you know, that angle. You so hear you, it emotionally and... There, you're not hearing it logically. Right. So, you so can't like, hear it logically. Right. Exactly. Like, like I said last week, I got an email from one of my friends from the old neighborhood in Santa Monica. I thought it was from her. I read the email and I was so offended. And I'm like, you know what? I reached out to this person. Obviously, they, I'm not ever going to talk to them again. And I, after a day, went back to it and I realized it wasn't from her. It was, it was like a standard thing you get back from LinkedIn. Right, so, and because it wasn't personal, because it wasn't, oh my God, I can't believe it's you. I How just poured are you? my What's heart going out. On? It was, <laughs> thank you for sending that message to that person. Well done. Have a nice day. I'm like, are you kidding me? This um, is what you have to say after everything. I just told I poured you. out my heart to you. I loved you. I but see, I was um, and it way was way too emotionally. Do you know connected. what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. So, so. So, yeah, by that, I totally understand why you think we shouldn't t- speak of certain things right now. Because there's too much. Yes. Everyone has way too much on their plate right now emotionally. So we aren't able to really properly hear each other because there's too much. Because we've gone way too long not talking about certain things. So we need to baby spoon feed each other. And just choose one thing at a time to talk about. So I respect that. Even though I totally wanted to record what we were talking about. I thought it was amazing and incredibly healing. I do understand that we can't talk about certain things all at once. So little by little, right? So let's go back to logic versus emotion, shall we? So the second example was, so now I was sparring with the second um, in command of that martial arts school. Black belt, right? Huge black belt. Very talented martial artist. So I was paired with her and we were sparring and I kept getting knocked in the head (laughs) and it was fine. I kept going, but she kept, like she was so good. Like it was just a whirling, amazing boom. Like no matter what, like I kept getting clocked on the head no matter how much I tried to block, whatever. She kept getting me in all these spots. And as we kept going back and forth, across and back, all of a sudden, I felt myself get more energized. And and then all of a sudden, she goes, okay, you lost. She said that while we were still sparring. So obviously, I'm <laughs> still on my feet. Obviously, my jabs are coming and I'm blocking still, even though I'm getting clocked on the head. <laughs> Even though I'm getting my butt kicked, I'm still upright, so I'm still doing well. Well, I mean, I wasn't getting my butt kicked, but yeah, she was getting her points in for sure. (laughs) But 
all of a sudden while we're still going back and forth she's like see see fawn you lost you're losing i'm like yeah it's okay i got it okay i'm gonna keep blocking she's like no you you've lost you're way too emotional once you get emotional you've lost and in that moment it all came together for me because i realized by being emotional and she was right because i was getting angry and i was going to use my rage to kick her ass can i say ass it's in the bible Is it? Yes, it is. I will not covet my neighbor's ass. But that's a quite funny. Taking that out of context, if you choose to have that fail the soundbite test, what are you really saying? You like your neighbor's butt, and it's not the original intent. The original intent was possessions and blah blah blah. But that's all beside the point. That's Old Testament, yo. That is crazy. I will not covet. Do not covet thy neighbor's ass. Oh my. Nor their blah 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 blah. But of course, welcome to my eight-year-old self. I remember that part. Oh my God, <laughs> crazy. So back to my story. Yes, back to story. So w- as soon as she said, you've lost, immediately my reaction w- was, no, no, I haven't. You've lost. No, but, <laughs> I, you know, I was. she's like, it doesn't matter. You've lost because you've gone the route of total emotion right now. You're so emotional. And she was right because I really wanted to, I was ready to throw down for, for real. And it was all real, but like, I was ready to go to the ground. I was ready to like fight to the death. Ground and pound. Anyway, I realized in that moment, she was right because, and you were right. I understood logic versus emotion, that whole concept. Because I was so emotional, it was like my energetic everything was being leaked in all kinds of directions. It wasn't focused. I was losing energy by becoming angry. Yeah, but I'm making the claim that emotion trumps uh, emotion, yeah, beats logic. If you're in a, a fight, if you're in an argument, if you're in a in a in a anything, if you're the more emotionally um, connected person to it, you're gonna win. I know. I know this was what you initially were saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying I understood what you said in that moment. And but it does raise it, it does raise the question, how does one win? Right? Because you were saying, okay, the emotional side will win. If two people are having a fight, right. The one that's more emotional will win because there's no talking to them. There's no there's no Proving to them the logical aspect of what they're fighting about. Right. 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 And they're willing to go. I mean, once you're truly 100% committed emotionally to winning that fight, well, what does that mean? You'll burn the building down. You'll burn the building down. You'll get, you'll, you'll, you know, get a weapon. You'll cheat. You'll, you know, throw off your gloves and hit them bare knuckled. You'll, you know, welcome to all of this. And if the other person doesn't have the presence of mind to get the heck out of there, they're going to get hurt. It's so complicated Mm -hmm. because if the other person stays logical, yes, they can see, they can see the weakness in that. Right. And they can tell where energy is being leaked. Right. And where you're, where 
they're more logical so they can see and, better. And they do have the opportunity to do things like get three people to surround you before you can burn the building down and or protect you down. You. They can call the cops. They can, they can, they can. I they mean, can protect you from yourself. And they can also protect you from yourself. Exactly. Welcome but, back to Aikido there, folks. Right. So that was my experience, finally getting some understanding about logic versus emotion. Right, right. And and this was a very, I think, complicated situation because you also had the emotion of your respect for the teacher and your, your willingness to learn because they were teaching, you were studenting. Oh my God, yes. So there was an emotional, so there was, there was layers of emotion. Oh my God. Can I explain something based on what you just said? I don't know, can you? Okay, so you're absolutely right. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Can you repeat that? Oh, Lord, you are right. No, you said absolutely. Oh, my God. All right, go ahead. Okay, so you're right. You're absolutely right because I did respect her. And because I respected her, I was immediately open to what she was saying to me. Even though she was saying, you lost, I was open to trying to understand what she meant. Right. Had it been someone like, in that school, there was a guy named Adam. Oh, shouldn't name names. I'm naming names. Not right his now. real name, perhaps, but maybe. But this guy, first of all, didn't oh, abide the dress code. Oh man, you're right. I didn't like that dude. You're, do you, I'm serious. I remember that guy. First of all, like we were all in our geese, and we were barefoot, and this school was a little hardcore. We didn't use mats. We just threw down, and you were thrown on the hardwood floor. Ouch. This guy would come in without the key, would wear his cargo pants with his keys and knives, like everything stuck in all his pockets. So when we're training, we would get jabbed with all his metallic stuff and that he And would he be jingle jangling while yeah, he was moving? and he was wearing his street shoes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was, and then he had no, no respect. and Everything was funny to him, but not in a funny, cute way. Like, he was just an A. But, but the, um, the head of the school who I respected was friends with him. They were friends. Like I didn't understand that. Right. I understood it later when I was leaving the school. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons I started to see the feet of clay like that you were talking about that we experienced. All heroes have feet of clay and, and that I have ever encountered, which is really crappy. I really would have liked to have had a hero who didn't have feet of clay. Which brings us to our next show, right? Mentors. Yes. And this whole paradigm, not paradigm, archetypal relationship that's kind of like the parent-child relationship, like there's always someone there to take care of things for you. I think it's the same as the mentor thing. And you and I, like we've talked about this on a previous show before, but you and I um, talk about how we've never really had mentors. Mm-hmm. People telling us, look, this is the way. Right. We've had to figure it out on our own with everything, it feels like. It does feel that way for sure. And And the people that we did meet, they were mentors for a second until... They were shown, we were shown they were human. Or maybe they were mentors for a second and and they passed through. They just needed to deliver a message. Exactly. I think that we've shifted to a whole different thing where we're all responsible for creating our everything in this world. You want change? Everyone is responsible for creating that. Not one entity is going to come in and clean things up. That is true. We have to work together. Yes. Which is another reason we started Be Friendly. Right. 
because you do that through connecting with one another. We're stronger together as friends. Yes. We were talking about respect. I really respected her. Yes. And if I was sparring with an Adam, <laughs> it would have been bad. There was no listening. If, right. if it had been him saying that, if he would have said that, it was on. I would have probably tried everything to get him on the ground and not have him get up or the other way around. But I was willing to go there. Right. Because I was, I would have been emotional. But because there was that aspect of respect, it worked. And, and that's the thing we've always said, right? We need to see each other and really hear each other. There needs to be a sense of respect. Right. No, no, no. One it, another. Exactly. And when that's gone, we have a problem. Right. Right. No, no, no. Absolutely. And, you know, we all have friends, I think, that from, you know, a logical, objective place can do some foolish things. And, and that's what it is. But we all do. Exactly. All. Exactly. But we, we forgive them. We overlook it or we embrace it. Case in point, you know, one of my very, very close friends loves the NASCAR. Here we go again with the NASCAR. <sighs> Anyways, this must be really trying for you because you keep talking about this. I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to hear about it from him, I'm sure. But um, he loves the NASCAR. Now, for those of our listeners not familiar with NASCAR, it involves people racing around in cars that originally started their lives as production cars, and they end up getting tweaked and almost unrecognizable, what except does for that the mean, shell. Production cars, like they were like supposed to be. Like you could buy it from Chevy or from like a Toyota. Civilian car. Yeah, like a civilian car, and and that's there's a whole heritage and a whole and the story of NASCAR is actually quite interesting, but that's beside the point. But they end up racing around in circles or ovals. Okay. There's strategy, there's, but they're racing for like 500 laps over and over and over again. And the most exciting moments are when they crash. That's horrible. Exactly. That's where I come to it from. But then again, I watch football, so that's a whole other story, and it has its own train wreck going on. But anyways, so I have a very close friend, loves the NASCAR. So, because, you know, I'm quite fond of him, because I'm a guy, I can't use any other words than that. You know, our whole family loves him so much. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said quite fond. Anyways, I know more than a little about NASCAR. I don't watch NASCAR, or if I do watch NASCAR, I watch one or two laps, or I watch the opening ceremonies, or I... But rest assured, there's a race today, I think. Maybe it was yesterday, but I think it was. I think it's today. I think it's always on Sundays. I will probably end up Googling and find out who won, and then I'll be like, ooh, I know who won, because he usually tapes it and watches it later. Yeah, he has more kids than we do. Yes, and also, it's really easy for me just to Google who won versus watching the thing for 500, la 500 miles or whatever it well, is. Well, can you tape it and put it on major fast forward? <laughs> yeah, but then you want to, I, I don't know, do you want to pause it when there's an accident? I don't know. No. Exactly. Why would so you, you want to look at that? Exactly. So you just, so I'll just read the synopsis and then I'll say, ooh, I know who won. And then, of course, I'll make up a fake name or something or I'll make up a, or I'll say, oh, Jeff Gordon won again because he doesn't like the Jeff Gordon. He doesn't? No, he doesn't. And plus, does he still race? No, he doesn't. And that's oh, the, okay. that's the really, it. that's why I do that because I'm not really trying to get his goat. I'm just, you know. It's like uh, saying Fred Flintstone won the race today. Yeah. Yes. In his bedrock mobile. Just <laughs> narrowly edging out Barney imagine? Rubble. The cute little feet 
Yes. But anyways, so I pay attention to the NASCAR because, you know, my buddy Jim, oop, I said his name. We love our is Jim. Is emotionally connected to NASCAR. He, he enjoys it more than a little. So, you know, the fact that we can share that even in a silly joking way is my way of expressing, um, you know, I think how I feel because, of course, guys can't actually discuss feelings. We have to, like, build monuments or something in order to express these things. Can I say something? I remember something. Uh-oh, you do. Yeah, I remember um, this one day how he was telling us he fell deeper in love with his wife because when she didn't realize that he was there for a few seconds, he caught her watching NASCAR. Snap. And he told us, I fell deeper in love with her that day. And there you go, folks. <laughs> because she was watching NASCAR on her own. So anyways, logic versus emotion. A quote that I have heard once was, logic can't get you out of something that emotion's gotten you into. And to me, that's, that's about the quickest way to kind of sum up the differences between logic and emotion. Basically, if somebody is devoted to getting in a fight, as my, as my prodigy said, as my wife said, not prodigy, as my wife said, or somebody has deep feelings for someone else, it's really hard to convince them that, oh, that's a bad idea because the heart wants what the heart wants. And that's kind of, that's probably the most relevant point to the whole thing in my mind. I just think when you're so emotional, when you hear about people that lose their their sight, their hearing becomes more intense. Right. I think it's the opposite when it comes to severe emotion. When you're really emotional, you're not able to hear things. Much like, you know, we've talked about this before, when someone's going through pain or trauma and you're trying to explain to them, it's okay, it's okay. They can't hear you. Or if you've gotten into a fight or we've gotten into a fight, let's just be real. When we fight, <laughs> you apologize to me right away. I don't hear you. I can't physically hear you because it's so loud in my head, the rage, that I cannot hear what's going on until I calm down. So I've tried to tell you, don't apologize right away because you'll just apologize once and you think everything is cool. But I haven't heard you. <laughs> right and we get in trouble that is well and then i get in trouble well we both get in trouble if we fight right it's not it's not okay so we've had to teach each other like i've had to tell you you know what i didn't hear you over and over again right so let's just calm down and make sure that the person is able to hear you so someone has to be logical at some point well both sides have to be logical at some point yeah everybody which is needs really to calm hard. down yeah, it is really hard. Because we're, we're working almost against that whole aspect of ourselves. And, you know, I'm sure if we had a, a Freudian, Jungian, evolutionary psychologist would start talking about ids and reptile brains. and um, But, yeah, if you think about it, I mean, early on we were, we're wired emotionally. We're wired for pleasure. We're wired to avoid pain. We're... And, and it's only later that we said, oh, well, I would be much more comfortable if I figured out how fire, how to create fire. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, figuring out how to build a, you know, house and running and, you know, plumbing and running water and da 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 da, -da. Mm -hmm. But our, our more uh, emotional selves are, are it's, it's much simpler. I hurt. You know, which, which, by the way, I can't wait until our friend 
KJ comes to our show. She's a therapist. She's a brilliant psychologist. So we can actually have conversation with someone where it, this is this is their profession. What we talk about, what we riff on. Right. She actually has experience. Major. Yeah. <laughs> clout like you know what i mean right so we can we can prove that we're not just talking and like then we would be seen as emotional because this is like how we feel this is our meanderings of what we've noticed in life whereas kj has the logical this is the reason why <laughs> right but i'll still burn the building like, down I'll, I'll burn the building down. <laughs> no but i'm just saying I, i'm i'm making an announcement kj is amazing I, she's gonna be you guys are gonna be so excited when she She's on. She's amazing. Anyway, so back to NASCAR. And basically what you're saying is in a friendship or any kind of relationship, how do you use logic versus emotion? How do you how do you balance it? And right. And how do you avoid problems that may occur because of the logic versus emotion? Because so, if I was to just be dead serious and say NASCAR is ridiculous, only idiots would ever watch it. Failed soundbite test there, by the way. Um, Do you want me to edit that out? Well, yes, but no. Okay, thank uh, you. I, I, I guess I'll take heat for this. I don't like editing our show. I, I want to keep it nice and simple. I understand. For real. Okay, but if I was dead serious about that, and I was not going to give an inch, well, first of all, I'm not being very logical, am I? That could end a friendship. Well, and NASCAR is a perfect example right now, and has always been for me. Because I was afraid of anyone who likes NASCAR, which I was amazed that Jim liked it. Do you know what I mean? Because Jim is so, I know him personally and he's been so loving to us. Right. But had I not known that about Jim, I would have still had my prejudice about NASCAR because I see NASCAR and it scares me as a non-white person because of the culture that it represents well, to the, me. Well, the culture it feels like it represents for sure. So... That is emotional for me, and I would not ever want to watch that. Right. But because Jim watched it, and I respect Jim greatly, it makes me see NASCAR in a different way. That is definitely true. That absolutely, definitely true. There's so many ways I don't want to take this, and it may take us away from what we were intending on talking about, but like, never mind, I won't say it. No, please. No, because then I'll... Uh, no, I'll, I'm, I was going to veer it off into what I see with social injustice in our country. Oh. It has to do with logic versus emotion and the police. I'm not gonna go there right now. Well, Unless you want me to, because then, then I will. Depends on how emotional or not we get. All right, let me just say it. So if, if someone who is obviously of a dark, dark skin toned human being right. gets pulled over by the cops right. and the cop has an emotional reaction mm -hmm. based on his whatever beliefs, Right. Doesn't like this person. Right. Because of the color of their skin. And is going to pursue his actions of unjust horribleness. Right. Right. So goes up to the car and then realizes, oh my God, it's this movie star. Right. So immediately things shift. Mm -hmm. Because he can now see this person as a human being because there's a sense of respect there. Right. He's been seen on TV. He has seen him as a human being. Right. Rather than just his emotional bullshit. <laughs> right. No, I, I totally get it. And that's where I was going to go, but I don't want to get into it too much because I'll really go off the deep end. Okay. Okay. Just keep in mind. Again, logic versus emotion, right? 
There's a lot of emotional energy on it. And so when somebody attempts to talk about it, quote unquote, logically, the other person, again, can't hear them. Right. Because there's so much going on. So much. And if I'm not emotionally connected to it, I can end up, I think I'm sounding reasonable and the other person just thinks I'm an ass. Mm. So anyways, yes. And God knows I've stepped into that one more than a few times. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's a good thing that we're paired because I can explain. This is what he meant, folks. <laughs> this is what he meant by good for you. He was not being sarcastic. <sighs> Seriously, I wasn't. Good for you. I know. So I really want to talk about how people get set in their ways. But I want to talk about that last. Can we just talk about one other one other topic that I've thought about? Mm-hmm. So when you're choosing the right person to be in your life and i'm not talking romantically per se i'm just talking about even choosing friends because after a while i'll I'll speak for myself i got to a point where i was thinking you know what i'm going to be much more discerning about who is in our circle Ah, where i used to i used to be totally open-armed and i still love pretty much everyone i see until they prove to me that they're not okay (laughs) like this person is a train wreck Uh, And we will stay away. I was so open with everybody. And I think really it started to happen when we got married and I understood how important it is to have a pure circle. And by pure, I mean no craziness, no crazy drama. We don't want our energy to get bad, right? Or toxic. Thank you. That's what I was searching for. Yeah. Have a healthy circle love right right we want to be having a coherent compassionate loving respectful environment right which of course does not mean that everybody travels through paths that aren't good of course but it's the balance and it's about supporting people in those moments it's not about oh my god i can't believe you're going through uh whatever it is you're going through so we'll talk when that's done that's definitely not what we're talking about. oh my god thank you for emphasizing that that's totally not what we're talking about no we're totally here to support one another no that that's that's not what i was saying but there are people who are just toxic constantly right and that's what i'm talking about and i didn't I wouldn't allow myself to totally pay attention to what they were saying because I thought, oh, no, no, that even though they just told me, hey, look, this is how I treat everybody at all times. I would think to myself, oh, no, I'm sure we're the exception or I'm sure you won't do that anymore. Where, you know, like you hear people say now, believe what they're telling you when you first meet someone, believe what they're telling you about themselves. Right. I didn't do that because I just thought that everyone is good at all times. Like everyone deep down is perfect and well, you good. Believe people are object- you were believing that people were objectively good versus everybody believes they're good. You know, even... Most people. Even, you know, I'm sure if you went to an arms dealer, they would tell you, yeah, you know, I'm helping people do you know, rise up against oppressors. And, and everybody tells themselves a story that makes them moral. Code of moral morality, justification. Yes, which I believe we do after we do something, which is even weirder. So we actually justify in the post. Well, there is a reason why we're doing it because we know we did something, and Maybe. we have to justify it. Yes. So once we got married, that that started to happen for me, like thinking, who do we have in our lives and who do we not? And we noticed that with our wedding, which is why when 
our friends get married, our number one first advice we give them is <laughs> hire security. Or designate security. Designate security. By the way, all our listeners, if you're getting married, tell your linebacker friend or your, you know, six foot six bouncer cousin that their wedding present to you is going to be if anything happens out of bounds to take care of it. Yeah. And like, hopefully they'll have nothing to do. But they will. But if somebody comes to wreck, if somebody gets drunk, if somebody anything out of bounds and it probably should be two or three people at least but that's their wedding present you know shine a vegetable platter okay you're gonna want somebody there because everyone else is just gonna look around and say is anybody gonna do anything about this no designate and they do it quietly like like how you take someone and you pinch behind their elbow and quietly lead them to another room right <laughs> yes we should on a show tell our friends what happened at our wedding and why we are Anyways, saying what we're saying so what was i saying what was i saying i got totally off topic too because i yeah i i felt it necessary to throw down that life lesson but we were talking about oh yeah oh, when we got married. married yeah because it started at our wedding it started with our wedding ceremony and noticing that all these people that we invited to be a part of for us what we were creating like we paid for the whole thing. We created the whole thing. It was totally environmentally friendly. Every detail was so thought of and done with such love and ceremony coming from us. Right. That we were horrified by the way people behaved towards us. Right. And just, they ha we realized people's true intentions. And I think that, although it hurt us for years, like I was... I was upset for a few years that people would do that, that they would behave that way. But I realized that that was the greatest present we could have ever received for our wedding to see who's with us and who's not with us, who has the best intention towards our circle that we're bringing together, that we're creating, and who was hateful and jealous or whatever it was. Right. Or long-standing you know vengeance towards one family towards another yes right and they wanted to carry that on and we said no more right this is our circle and this behavior ends right here right so that's when i started to realize okay i'm going to be much more discerning about who is in our circle and it became even stronger once we became parents i started to see how people were treating our children and i had to step in and say no right and it wasn't always that easy for me to say, oh, no. It came with a lot of tears and a lot of going back and forth and thinking about it and us talking about it to the point where we had to say, these people, this person is not is not going to be in our circle. Right. So logic versus emotion. How do you choose the person to be in your circle? Do you go with the logical, like this person fits all the check marks in a box? Do you know what I mean? Right. Or do you go with your gut? I, I always go with my gut. But sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, well, my gut liked this person, mm -hmm. but did it really like I have to go deeper and deeper and I can skew it one way or another. I can skew it to how I, I think is logical, but it's purely emotional. Right. So sometimes I get confused, honey. So like, how do you do it? Right. And, and that's 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 a really great question. I mean, am I being clear? Yeah. How like, do, you... do you choose someone based on emotion or logic? And how do you combine the two? And the answer is to that is it depends. And, and yes, 
Because if you've been hurt, like, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. I just want to make it clear what my question is. So obviously I've been hurt a lot by people. I've been disappointed a lot. I want to know, how do you move forward with that? And I know I want to be this friendship guru, but it's a question I ask myself and I have to, I think, in order to truly understand how we can get through this. How, How do you do it? And I feel like if we were to strictly do it the way you do it, honey, we would have nobody hanging out with us. Hey, I've got people. You do. And the people you do are like, they're the ones who step in when stuff hits the fan. And I, and I realized in our past, mine just disappeared. Except for a Daphne, you know. Right. And a Holly. Right. Yeah, no, no. And I completely get it. But the answer is for me, it's, it's always it depends. There, there has to be an emotional component to a friendship. There just does. You have to genuinely like the person. Otherwise, you're going down the uh, Nico... Nicomachean. Nicomachean ethics, and I'm just going to use this person, or this person's just going to use me. Can I explain what Nicomachean is real quick? I don't know. Can you? All right, so Aristotle. There are three different friends. There are friends who like you because of the things they get from you. There are friends who like you because of how they feel when they're around you. And then there's the third friend who likes you as a human being. And so guess which one is your true lifelong friend? The one you get stuff from. Stop it. (laughs) It's the one that just likes you as a human being, likes you for who you are. Right. Right. Isn't in it to get something out of you, isn't in it because they want to give you things. Which takes us to our future shows, you know, having a very prominent figures in our culture like famous people or movie stars how do they have friends because how can you know true who's in it to be your true friend we're very much hoping to have a very special guest for that but who knows oh my goodness that was so amazing okay (laughs) all right anyways so the answer is always it depends and there has to be an emotional component there just does for me i have to genuinely like the person and then it's also... How do you know you really like them? How do you know what it is you like about them? Well, that's where I get super weird. It's How do you know you're me. not making it up? Do you I know, know what I mean? It's hard for me. I think what I get into is the things that other person might be passionate about. Honestly. Because I'm so gosh darn curious. I have a very inquisitive mind. So, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, NASCAR. Well, talk to me about it. Oh, huh. And I've, of course, I haven't studied NASCAR, but I've played NASCAR video games. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting to note different aspects of different things. And I've seen, yeah, I've seen lots of things. But I'm genuinely curious. And so it's about, for me, a large part of it can be finding out what their passions are. And it seems like nowadays, uh, people I come into contact with, we do share interests, even if it's on the most kind of superficial that's the word i'm looking for level i was about to say superfluous but or superfluous but no and now i can't remember what it was what was the word i just used it began with super superficial no the other one superfluous oh my god yeah anyways sorry Sorry. but no I'm, i'm so genuinely curious about stuff and so i let their passion infect me even if it's just a little bit But then there's also, to me, there's always that logical component that feels a little, I don't know, maybe mean. But like, if I become super close to somebody, it's about what happens if I pull back a little. Do they pull forward a little bit or do they just, you know, cast me adrift? Are we dancing together? Are we walking together? Right. Or Or, or are we just 
heading towards maybe a similar destination and so we just jibber jabber can i can i interject with something that i used to do and i totally forgot that i did this i had a test for friendship a long time ago Uh oh this was back in the day when we lived in our old neighborhood in santa monica but and obviously it wasn't in our community if i had a friend over that didn't live in our community and we, we were just basically exploring a friendship my test was when we're walking down the sidewalk together, if we're walking together, I knew that it was a good friendship for me. But if the person, have you ever walked? I don't know about you because you're so tall. I think this may be just a short person thing. But like <laughs> when I walk with certain people, especially on a city sidewalk, if they are not walking with me, with my rhythm, if our rhythms aren't commingling, there's no way that they can have a friendship is what I thought is what I still believe. I think so they will like keep walking forward. So let's say all of a sudden I had to slow down for some reason, right? They're now a half a block ahead of me. Oh dear. Not even looking half a block. That's terrible. Well, that's their energy though. Do you know what I mean? No, 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 no. I I totally And not even looking to see, Hey, what happened to Vaughn? Or all of a sudden they'll turn right or left and sometimes like cross my path without acknowledging where my spatial field is to be symbiotic with me to say hey let's go to the left if i'm on their left Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean just like just cutting me off left and right that was a deal breaker for me having a walk with someone right let me know how they operate in life and how how uh, selfish they could be right that they're not involving someone else and even the simplest decision or just not being symbiotic in emotion or compassion or, you know, not not being co- in coherence. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like you're beating this drum and you have no interest in becoming in sync. And if we can't be in sync together, it doesn't work. So anyway, that was my test. Right, which is, which is again, an interesting test because you're, you're involving, you know, how 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 are we in this together exactly and you know that that is a very fair test and in in the same way like i'll pull back and i'll see if the other person pulls forward because yeah i'm i'm not as i'm not i'm not a puppy dog when it comes to new friendships but i'm not shy either and i'm fine with doing things that maybe i shouldn't because i'm being maybe too forward so I, I, I focus on things like that. And, you know, just because just because you have a wonderful moment with someone as a friend doesn't mean you're meant to be friends. Or if you have something in common. Just because you have something in common with somebody. It could just somebody. be some trauma you both had in common. And is right. that a really good way to base a friendship just because you had the same hurt? Right. Right. And, and, and you the, keep focusing on that because you both have that in common. Right. And the trick there is that also it's about paying attention to friendships change and evolve over time uh you know nascar guy uh we when we met we weren't we were we were co-workers we weren't married we didn't have kids and now we do you know so can your friendship survive marriage kids etc etc which is which is a very valid question and that and that's another thing i love about jim because we have radically different views on life i think for the most part i think they're getting more radical as time goes by too yeah right like the way we raise our kids are totally different than the way 
they raise their kids. Definitely They're true. way more religious. We're not religious, right? Well, back um, and forth, forth and back. Like we, we are OG homeschoolers. Definitely not on their end. Definitely true. Right? We're crazy vegans. They're definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> right? But right. yet we love each other. And, and there you go. So, you know, it's also about that tolerance. Mm-hmm. But respect. Yes. There's respect. And it, it's about understanding that friendships aren't necessarily going to last. It's about an understanding that people drift apart and maybe they drift back together, but people drift apart. Allowing each other to grow. And and yes. And, and you know. And respecting it, that. And there should be some growth together though too. For sure. Like when Jim and I did the... When Jim and I do a pick 'em league, you know, we get all into it like, oh, who's playing who and what's the field condition like and who's sick and who's not sick and what's the mental state? Does somebody have to win? Does somebody not have to win? What's go-? we get like really like, oh, into it, but we also feed on each other because, mm-hmm. yeah, here we go. Here's Matt's super secret formula for doing a pick 'em survivor league. This is football, right? Yes, home team, biggest spread. That's who you pick with. One or three special caveats, but that's the basic rule. Is this your secret sauce? That's the secret sauce. And I have won over the years, and of course it's many years, because a lot of people seem to know this exact same pick em trick, because it's, let's face it, it's not that complex. But um, I, I, have, I have managed to win five or six over the past 10 or 12 years, and I'll do maybe two, maybe three a year. Okay, tops. honey. Good for you. Good for me. But, okay, can but we, that's can just I, it. We, that's part of our growing together because he knows the formula and then we, we tweak the formula and we go back and forth. So in, on some level, that's one aspect of our friendship that we do grow and, and we do share. And that's, of to, course, the other bit. Not to harp on it again, but there's mutual respect. Again, he respects how you choose something and you, the way you go about it is totally different than how he would think about it. But he respects you and you respect him and it works. Right. So we were talking yesterday and you, were, you said something like, that's why people in their 20s are more open to starting friendships and to starting new relationships and stuff. Because I was telling you, you know, ever since we started Be Friendly World or Be Friendly, ever since we started that, there are so many people I talk to, especially in the town we live in and I'm recalling a conversation I had with two people I really respect at the at the grocery store we're standing there talking and I was telling them what we were doing with be friendly and they had said this to me many times before but for me like it was the last time they said it was just like it felt so strong like they were really trying to pound that into me so they said (laughs) fun we have no interest in having friends and our and ironically enough they said and our friends have no interest in making friends we are at a stage where we're just not into it and that made me stop talking to them no i mean i still talk to them but i i i never talked about the friendship thing with them ever again well no you got the brook there that's a like that's i got a it. solid 12 foot brick wall you're not gonna bust through at this point i mean and they they very softly and gently were trying to tell me 
And it wasn't like I was going up to them and saying, hey, I want to make connections for you guys to have friends. Like, I want to set you up with a friend. I wasn't saying that. I was just mm-hmm. telling them what we were doing. Hey, this is, you know, how you see each other at the store. You're like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you up to? What have you been doing? I'm like, hey, you know, we finally <laughs> um, launched this thing for real. And we got accepted into these various different programs. And we're turning it into a social movement. Like we're like going full, full ahead, full steam ahead. And then boom, they're like, we have no interest. Right. And so, which, so the, the, the thought I want to leave with today is it's interesting the the whole thing about being caught set in your own way. And I hear people say, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm at an age now that I don't want to get married. I'm set in my way. I haven't said in my ways and I don't want to be told what to do. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. I have no interest in having anyone else in my life. Right. So, and we were talking about that and you, you said something like really the reason for that is because of imposter syndrome. And that blew me away. Like we were talking about this well, last night. And going you, going through the the number of reasons, and there's there, there's an interesting checklist. Like of looking it. at this logically, why would they say I have no room, nor do I want any room for anybody else in my life? Right. Isn't that an amazing thing to have somebody say? Oh my out, god! Out. Oh my god! It's pretty wild. I mean, we're not talking about necessarily besties, but for God's sake! Wow. What led to that? So, what leads to that? Because I, you know, we've obviously noticed that over the last, <laughs> I want to say, hundred years or so. You know, I'm exaggerating, but <laughs> but that's what that's why we started this movement. Is a lot of people are saying that, but why are they saying that? Where right. does that come from? Right. And so you mentioned imposter syndrome. So you mentioned uh, it. Fun. What is imposter syndrome? You tell me, because you're the one who brought it up last night. It blew my mind. Well, okay, so I think there's a variety of reasons why somebody might say that. Um, but I think a very, very reasonable one is, I think I think we're all going through life with, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm, I don't know how I managed to be who I am today, and I'm afraid somebody's going to call me out and say, you know, I'm sure Monet felt... Uh, I'm sure an art critic said to Monet, oh my God, that, but, but that doesn't look realistic. That's just crazy. And, you know, it's like, wow, he's right. It doesn't look realistic. I created this new style of painting and I'm making money, but am I making money from idiots or am I, or is this legitimate? I think everybody goes through that. <laughs> I think everyone really strives to be the best that they can be, but I think on some level, everyone believes they could be better or everyone believes that the things I know really aren't that complicated and, you know, anybody could do what I do. So to make a new friend, you have to make yourself vulnerable and you have to put, you have to open yourself up to ridicule for somebody to go, wait, you like cats instead of dogs, but don't you realize cats are this and terrible, 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 and dogs are that good, good, good. Um, and you don't want to deal with it. You're tired. Maybe you're tired, but maybe you're also a little afraid. You don't want to get, you don't want to be like six years old again and and caught with your hand in a cookie jar or accidentally broke mama's lamp or whatever it is. You don't want to be vulnerable is. again. You don't want to get hurt again. Right. It takes a lot of energy. It does take a lot of energy. 
But having a friend gives you a lot of energy. It does, but it's som- like sometimes, out. sometimes when we when you, f- okay, so I, I firmly believe that, um, who is it? I think Osensei said it, but. Um, if you go looking for heaven, you will find heaven. If you go looking for hell, you will find hell. And so if you go into a relationship thinking about all the things that could go wrong, or a friendship thinking all the things that could go wrong, guess what? They're going to go wrong. They're going to go wrong because you're already steering your mind towards those things. What you focus on grows. That is definite. That is, again, a, a, an interestingly true statement if you really think it through. But... Um, so there's there's imposter syndrome because I think I think we're all kind of wandering through life going, but I'm kind of an imposter. But what does that have to do? Tell them, tell our friends what that has to do with what we're talking about. Imposter syndrome, in, in the aspect of I don't want any more friends. Well, I don't want to get I don't want to get challenged in some of my core beliefs. I don't want someone to think I'm foolish or yeah. silly or, but that's just it. I mean, if this is one of your core beliefs. You know, go for it. You know, I'm I'm willing to expose myself to somebody because, or you know, my buddy is not afraid to say I like NASCAR. Because what am I going to say? Oh, 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 oh. Maybe, but then Matt, maybe we shouldn't be friends. I don't know. Matt, do you think this is kind of like the bamboo situation? Like, when you get older, you do have a choice of becoming like bamboo where you can sway with the wind, you can bend without cracking. But some instances where you get hurt along the way from various different storms, you decide to or choose to be more rigid in life because you have to stand up strong and go, no more. But that's what breaks you. Right. So you have to be, going back to martial arts, you have to bend like bamboo. Do you think people kind of give up on friendship because they've conditioned themselves to be tough and stiff? Well, zing. Let's let's go back to our original topic. Logic versus emotion. So right. I'm emotionally connected to myself. I'm emotionally connected to the fact that the things I believe are absolutely right and the things I do are absolutely the best and, 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 and. Do I want that challenged? Depends on who you are. I love finding out stuff that I'm wrong about, to be honest. If somebody can definitively prove that, you know, fill in whatever blank you want in my world, absolutely. I mean, as it turns out, NASCAR is incredibly technical. I know, I know. Oh my I God, know. enough with the NASCAR. The, the, the NASCAR drivers are athletes. They work out every single oh day. Oh my God, I know. I realized that a couple of years ago because I thought they would be like couch potato type people because you're just sitting. But yeah, they're like... <laughs> and, and you heard that, right? You're just sitting. <laughs> you're just sitting. I get it now. No, they're like major athletes. I get it. But you know what? I, still well, I wouldn't say they were how. ultra marathoners, but they're not slouches but they're either. Fit. Right. But anyway, I know that we're on the hour mark now, but I think so. If I could just wind it down and we can continue this conversation in other ways with KJ. But it is. It is like bamboo. As a, What's the opposite of bamboo that will break? They call it like the tall oak tree. And is this stuff. a martial arts thing? I think it's just a thing. Okay, so the point is to be like water, to be like bamboo, to sway, to be able to bend and not snap. Well, logically speaking, I'm trying to wind down the show. 
Logic versus emotion, folks. So, but it's it's the same as having an open heart to be open. If you're going to close yourself off. That if you're going to emotionally close yourself off. Right. It closes everything off. There's no opportunity for growth. Well, growth and, is much harder. And less opportunity for fluidity. Yes. To go with the flow. The world is ever-changing, and it's ever-changing even more so on like a grander scale, especially now. Right. We have rapid change. There's so many new things to learn because everything is shifting. Yes. Yeah. The key is to have an open heart. And what, it reminds me of, what was that song that we would play for the kids? You mean the Flintstone song? Second Flintstones reference. What, what Was it from Schoolhouse Rock? Or no, it's, from the, it's literally from the Flintstones. Open Pebbles up. sang it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Open up your heart and let the love shine in. Open up your heart. Actually, it's sunshine in, but uh, da, da, da. I know, I know, I know. So how does it go? Open up your heart. I can't actually and say let that the in sun a soundbite. Yes. So that's our message for today. Yes. Be as open as you can, even though emotionally it can be very difficult. I know I've been through it. Someone like me. Like someone that's considered like the most hippie, dippy, free love, bohemian, but whatever. I've had to work on this to open up and let the sun shine in. So with that, we should probably go now, but we're here. We love you. And we're so thankful for our friendship. Talk to you in a few days. Bye-bye. See you later, everybody. Bye.